experiences we believe you have open doors and open hearts. And so I hope that when you walked in tonight that you felt comfortable and invited. Uh, and I hope, also hope that you came with an open heart uh, because we have prayed and prepared for you. And so we're glad that you're here. And Christmas is only eight days away, right? Which is crazy. So like I said, very early Christmas. Uh, well, before we get into this tonight, I do have one announcement for you. Okay, so
what they're doing is very common, and they have these two turtle doves, which, if you uh, recall, is also the gift that my trailer gave me on the second day of the Here we are in the temple, and this is my sacrifice. This is 225. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents had brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all people. A light for the revelation, for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. And so we meet this old man named Simeon who apparently had been promised by, by God that he would not die until he saw the Messiah. So he's waited his entire life for the very moment which we see unfold in these verses. And so Simeon basically says, once he sees Jesus, like, okay, great, now I can die in peace, right? Simeon had committed his entire life to seeing the coming of the Messiah. He committed, committed his entire life on resting on the promise of God. Simeon was committed to his calling. And I want to talk about that word commitment for a second. Now, commitment, depending on your experience with it, can be a word that is a little intimidating, right? I mean, especially given how long said commitment is or, um, or what it entails or how serious that commitment is. Uh, I'll give you an example of one on the, the humorous side. Our son has this three-foot basketball goal that, um, that in his, like, play area. And I can run his boat with him when he does. Um, but a while back, uh, I started this game with myself where I had to sit, like, about five feet away. So, like, for me, it's like the first row and make a hundred shots in a row. And uh, it took me weeks to do it. Like, it, it's a lot harder than it sounds, okay? um, But uh, it was funny, because I get up like 7 a.m. Like, just shoot like, I gotta get this. And uh, I gotta get to 100 without missing. Uh, and then Emily started like, getting involved. She's like, hey, how many are you met? You know? Like, how do you do it? Uh, I need you to do this, but wait till you miss. You know what I mean? Um, and I was committed to making a hundred shots in a row, and I did do it. Yeah, sure. Fine. Um, <laughs> Until I saw Jesus. 
Right? Could you imagine a response to that? Like, okay, say so, Simeon. It hasn't happened in the last thousand years. I don't know what you think is going to happen in your lifetime, right? And, and I would imagine that the older Simeon got, the harder it was probably for him to believe that it was going to happen. Um, I, I would imagine that the closer Simeon got to really seeing the promise fulfilled or see the promise come true, the harder it must have been to believe that thought. Now I'm getting old. You know, the older he got, those chances started to dwindle. So I want to ask you tonight to kind of get your mind moving on this. Do we have a Simeon-like commitment to Christ? Do we have a Simeon-like commitment to Christ? Have, have you made a decision to see your faith through to the end, regardless of how life may turn out? And this will be a theme that continues in the story as we see Anna come onto the scene. So this is verse 36, 38. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Daniel, the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. And so as this story progresses, we see this woman, Anna, who uh, Luke says that she's a prophetess. And the fact that he calls her a prophetess mentions her father, mentions her ancestral all while introducing her, shows that this was a pretty important lady, this was an important, important woman. And it says that she stayed in the temple, worshiping and fasting day and night. Again, we see deep and faithful commitment. Right? Anna showed up day in and day out to the temple. And towards the end of her life, who shows up at the temple but the Messiah, right? Who had been long awaited for. And she begins to immediately give thanks to God and starts telling people of this coming redemption. God's people. What a moment that must have been, right? Seeing the fruit of many days of prayer and worship and fasting right before her eyes. And so the faithfulness of Simeon and Anna shows us clearly what it looks like to stay committed to your calling, even if that calling remains unfulfilled for a long time. You know, I love that thought of Simeon and Anna consistently showing up every day, consistently holding to a promise, consistently just doing what the next step required of them. Most of our walk with Jesus is like that, right? Most of our life is like that. All we know is the step that's right in front of us. We know we have to go to work today. We know we have to go to, to, to class today. We know we're going to interact with that relationship today. We know that we want to live for Christ today. And that commitment is hard because we may go for a while without ever seeing the fruit of that faithfulness. And so a question we can ask tonight is this. Are we willing to keep walking? Are we willing to stay committed even though all we can see is that next step? Now, are we willing to stay committed even though all we see is the next step? Are we like Simeon, though he got older, and people surely thought he was insane? Are we willing to stay committed? Are we like Anna? Are, are we going to be faithful and be faithful day in and day out, knowing that a day will come when we see the fruit of our faithfulness? You know, we can see in the story, the stories of these two people that sometimes the satisfaction of seeing the fruition of our commitment to Christ is delayed until the time is right. And that's what makes the commitment to Christ so costly. It is costly to commit to something that you don't fully understand. It, it's costly to commit to something when we don't know how things are going to turn out. But are we committed enough to see it through, to say, whatever comes, come hell or high water, I'm going to hold on to my faith? It's true as Jesus got older, he would stay committed 
to his call. Uh, he, he would stay committed to living a perfect life that fulfilled the law that our flesh couldn't keep, no matter how hard we tried. He would stay committed to the point of dying a sacrificial death in our place. And he would stay committed to finish what he started and resurrect again and bring life to all who believe in him. His commitment to us cost him everything. And so it begs the question, what his commitment to us cost him everything, and what will our commitment to him cost us? The answer is everything. It will cost us our dreams, and it will cost us our desires, it will cost us some relationship, it will cost us some comfort. Right? It wasn't comfortable or easy for Simeon to live his entire life waiting on what seemed like a pipe dream to everybody else. It wasn't comfortable or easy for Anna to show up day in and day out to the temple, hoping for this day to come, to be able to proclaim redemption to God's people. And so as you move into a new year, you need to have some New Year's resolutions or some goals that you want to accomplish. I would encourage you to do this. Hear me out. Don't tell yourself, I'm going to commit to live the way Christ has called me to live this year. Don't tell yourself that. Instead, tell yourself, I'm going to commit to, I'm going to, commit to live the way Christ has called me to live today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about six months from now. Don't worry about when you get in shape or you get a raise or you graduate. Scripture says life's a right? What is your life? It's here today, gone tomorrow. And so make a commitment for the day that you know you can get it. And then do it again the next day. And then do it again the next day. Just like Simeon waited every single day for the promise of God to come true in his life. Just like Anna showed up day in and day out to the temple. Don't ask yourself, how can I be a better Christian in 2020? Instead, ask yourself, starting right now, make an end of the year resolution. Ask yourself, how can I love Jesus more? How can I commit to him more today? How can I obey him more today? And the good news is that though at times we're not committed to Christ, he is always committed to us. And though we are not at times faithful to him, he's faithful to us. So we commit, to, commit your todays to Christ. And over a period of time, you'll see the path that he puts you on. And then you get to look back, right? You get to look back at the, the ground that you covered faithfulness and commitment of God to see where it's taking you. But all you knew was the next step. And so as we conclude this series and conclude 2019, we're going to go into a time of communion. And you know, we prioritize communion because Jesus did. He said before he went to the cross, he said, do this in remembrance of me. And communion is a moment of recalibration. It's a reset on the life of a Christian to get centered back upon the body and blood of Jesus. And that's what the bread and the juice represent. It's a confession once again that is by nothing else other than the blood of Jesus that we've been saved. And so tonight, as we talk about staying committed, communion and remembering the cross is the perfect stain to put on it. That even when we were not committed, Jesus was committed to us. That while we were still sinners, he died for us. And so let's take a moment of prayer. Let's thank God for his grace. Let's thank him for being faithful to us, though we are not at times faithful to him. Let's walk out of here tonight ready to make small decisions every day that commit our lives to Christ. And so after you pray, you can come and take a piece of bread, dip it in the juice, and eat. We'll close with a song. So pray with me. God, thank you so much for uh, tonight. God, thank you for this opportunity so close to the holidays to, to gather together and hear from your word, hear about your birth, and all the events surrounding that. And um, God, we're just so uh, completely consistently amazed you chose to save the world for the baby. And uh, so God, I pray that we wouldn't lose sight of that this holiday season.